Hey, this is Nate with Purity for Life. If you haven't already heard the big news, here it is. On April 1st, we will be officially changing the name of this podcast to the Pure Life Ministries Podcast. If you're subscribed, you don't need to do anything on your end except be on the lookout for some new album art and our new name. If you aren't subscribed, Now would be a great time to do that so that you don't need to remember to find us under our new name, the Pure Life Ministries Podcast. Once we roll out the Pure Life Ministries Podcast, I'll be explaining why we made this change and announce some other changes coming that I think you'll really find to be a blessing. All of that will happen when we release our first episode on April 1st under the new name, the Pure Life Ministries Podcast. All right, that's it for now. Here's the episode. Hi, I'm Nate Dancer with Purity for Life. For the next 10 weeks, we're bringing you a special series of episodes based on a new book by Pastor Steve Gallagher. I'll let him introduce our episode today and tell you a little more about what you can expect. Welcome to World of Lies, our latest series from Purity for Life. In late 2019, I felt the Lord stirring within me a message to the church, which came out in the form of a new book, Walking in Truth in a World of Lies. For some time now, I've had a growing concern that the American church has not been taking seriously the many biblical warnings about the massive deception of the last days. It's time for all of us to really humble ourselves and begin asking the Lord to expose any deception that we bought into or are perpetuating ourselves. It's absolutely vital that our hearts are pure going into the perilous days ahead. So our staff here developed a series of questions that came to their minds they could ask me about this important subject. They wanted to know what kind of lies we can expect in the days ahead. How are we vulnerable to being deceived? How can we truly walk in truth in our daily lives? How can we develop the kind of love of the truth that will make us strive after it with all our hearts? As you listen to these episodes and read the book, I think you'll see that we aren't just rehashing the book, but that the two actually complement each other to give you a more rounded comprehension of the subject. Listen, we live in the information age but a great deal of it is laced with subtle deception. Satan knows his time is short, and in his rage, he is on a campaign to lead Christians astray like never before. I trust the book and these episodes will help you to find the truth, live in the truth, and love the truth. I've sat under the ministry of Pastor Steve Gallagher for 12 years. And I can say firsthand, it's not a comfortable ministry to sit under. There's a cutting edge to the whole thing, a sense almost that there's a constant danger in the evangelical church culture, that we're never quite safe. So it wasn't surprising to me that his newest book was titled something like Walking in Truth in a World of Lies. If you haven't seen the cover, Lies is in like 250 point font. This book sounds a warning call to the church and it stands in a long line of books that are doing the same thing. 
Intoxicated with Babylon warned that the spirit of Antichrist is already alive and well in the church, seducing millions into the spirit of Babylon. Standing firm through the great apostasy warned that the church is full of millions of people who believe they know the Lord, but are deceived. And of course, at the altar of sexual idolatry warned that those who are bound in sexual sin are actually worshiping at the altar of an impure and unholy idol. I think that everyone who hears this title, Walking in Truth in a World of Lies, would probably say something like, wow, that sounds timely. Why? Because we all have a sense that we're being lied to. In a day when the world is frantically trying to contain a virus that we can't even see, and in a day when cities coast to coast are heaving with protests, and in a day when every media outlet and politician is perpetually branding everyone else a liar, I think a world of lies sounds just about right. You wrote in the introduction to the first part of your book that there's an unexpected danger that is threatening a person who's constantly being barraged with lies, which is that a person can start to think that it's impossible to know what's true and what's a lie, and this can give way either to despair or to cynicism. And to me, that came out of left field. Like, I would never even have thought of that as a danger in our day and age. So why did you, why is that such a danger to you? Well, the entire Christian faith is built on trust, that we believe in the Lord. We believe in his character. We believe in what he tells us. And when we become so disaffected by constant lies. You know you're being lied to everywhere you turn, you know, and we feel that. It's, I think it's, for most people, it's an unconscious feeling. It's not that we sit and think it through. It's just like we know we're being lied to constantly. Um, and I think that crosses over subliminally or unconsciously into our minds in regards to our relationship with the Word of God and with the Lord Himself. And like I say, everything in Christianity is built on our trust in the Lord and in our belief in who He is and who He says He is and what He says He's going to do and so on. So we can't afford to allow cynicism to creep in to our attitudes about really about life. I mean, we don't want to be cynics. Yeah, we can be skeptical when we know we're being lied to, but we don't want it to cross that line into cynicism about everything and everyone. That's the danger. I actually remember being confronted by the Lord about this issue in my own life, that I had crossed that line because I knew the same thing you're saying. It's why even try to find out the truth if you know you're just constantly being lied to? How would a person know if they've crossed the line from skepticism into cynicism? 
Well, it takes, you know, self-awareness. You have to really be in touch with what's happening inside of you and what's going on in your relationship with the Lord. There's got to be some degree of a sensitivity and a conscientiousness about that. Uh, And living in the reality of the spiritual life, those kinds of things give you discernment as to what's truth, what's false, you know, and then you know um, if you're crossing into becoming cynical of everything, really cynicism is a form of pride, you know, and if you have been broken by the Lord over time, repeatedly, different areas of your life and so on, you know, you get broken down from that high place of pride where you are the judge of everything, including God, and you'd be shocked at how many Christians subconsciously think that way. And that's really, if you're talking about being cynical towards God and God's word, if that isn't pride, what is? You know, so that's really what's underlying that is the need for brokenness to allow God to break us of our pride and to humble us. And then you take on a completely different mindset and attitude towards the Lord. Mm. This ministry is dedicated to helping men, Christian men, Christian women, overcome sexual sin and its, its consequences. This seems to be totally unrelated, I think. A lot of people would think that way. Uh, so why spend so much time on a subject that seems not even to really fit directly with the mission of Pure Life? Yeah, the primary mission of Pure Life Ministries is to help men who are dealing with habitual sexual sin. So let me just say, first of all, that um, the Bible tells us that talks about the deception of sin. You know, sin is very deceptive, and you can't be practicing sin in an ongoing manner uh, without also allowing deception to take root in your heart, meaning that you your perspectives have been so skewed by sin and the film of sin over your spiritual eyes that you can't get a grasp on what truth really is. Hmm. So it definitely um, has a lot to do with a person who's been involved in habitual sexual sin. Yeah, I think that's really helpful for someone who's saying, I'm in sexual sin, why would this book apply to me? I wanna broaden this out to the whole American culture. When Patrick and I, a coworker, were discussing these interviews, he said something I'd really like to get your perspective on, which is that we're living in a time where all of these cultural issues are being pushed to the forefront, whether it's the Me Too movement or COVID or George Floyd, and everyone's taking sides. And wherever, whatever side you're on, you're always saying that everyone else is a liar and you're not on the side of truth and you're my enemy. So it seems like there's this push in society. We want to get the truth. We want to right the wrongs. But Patrick said, it seems like that while we're focusing on all of these things, there are greater deceptions that we're missing because of our focus on these specific issues. What's your take on that? A few months ago, I 
somehow was watching a snippet of a liberal news sort of person complaining about Donald Trump. And he was saying that Trump is creating these controversies and getting everyone's focus on these controversies while no one's watching. He is slipping in his own agenda. Mm. And I think what he was referring to was all of the federal judges that Trump has appointed quietly, you know, without the liberals really being aware of it so much. And, uh, you know, I kind of applaud that, but it's also a, a ploy of the enemy to get people's minds distracted off the important things. Okay, COVID-19. There is truth to the narrative that's out there, even by the mainstream media. There is truth to it. People are dying. Mm -hmm. Over 100,000 people have died. I mean, that is something. But that's not the whole story. Also true is that in any given flu season, what, 60 or 70,000 people die. Okay, so that's part of it. And, you know, they're not saying that. So they just kind of... Um, ignore that and go over the top of that. They're also not saying that it's mostly elderly people who have some kind of um, condition. So, but they're making it seem like everyone's in great danger. We, in fact, we're in so much danger that our only hope of surviving is to hole up in our houses. Well, okay, yeah, there is some truth to that, but it's an exaggeration. But getting back to the main point of this is that what the enemy does is try to blow out of proportion certain things that do have an element of truth in them and get everyone's attention on those things while he's slipping things in the back door, you know. And what the enemy is doing is deceiving people about the real issues of life, which is to walk with God, which is to be prepared for the second coming of Christ and things like that. So, you know, that's what is going on right now. All of these movements, I believe the enemy is involved in them at some level. You know, maybe there is something to them that is legitimate, but if nothing else, just the way that he fosters an exaggeration, because when you exaggerate the truth, it becomes a lie. Mm. You know, that's the problem. It can start off as truth, but when it is exaggerated out of proportion, then it moves into the realm of deception. And I think that's what's happening. I don't think there's anyone who would be watching this video who could say, I walk in truth in every area of my life. And you said in the epilogue to the whole book that your constant prayer through writing this was that you would be able to present the many ways that Satan, who is the master deceiver, is deceiving people so that people would walk in truth. And we're going to get into some specific ways how to walk in truth in later interviews, but for this first interview, what's, what's one way that a person could avoid being deceived? Well, I would say that just inundating yourself with Scripture— is part of that, you know, just having a, building a biblical framework in your daily thinking. You know, when you're so immersed in scripture, it just creates a way of looking at life. Mm. So that's number one. And number two would be closely behind it is 
um, being very honest with yourself about yourself and um, just doing your utmost not to uh, get into a mindset of trying to create an image that you present to others, which is not the reality, not consistent with who you really are as a person. I would say those two things kind of go hand in hand and um, both are really vital to being able to walk in truth. Okay, great. Thanks. You've given us a lot to think about and even some ways to begin responding. So look forward to the series. Thanks for doing it. Amen. Great. We named this show World of Lies, A Concealed Threat, because what we wanted to emphasize was that not only are we constantly being confronted with the danger of deception, but we're also threatened in a way that we might not expect. And if we're not careful, the fundamental way that we relate to truth may begin to shift, which leads into even greater deception. Let me explain these shifts again. On the one hand, we know we're being lied to, and we may become cynical, which leads to a loss of simple, childlike faith in God. And on the other hand, we might get so focused on an issue and we think we're in pursuit of truth, but as we become consumed with it, we're exaggerating its importance and then we miss the full picture of reality as God sees it. So I asked Pastor Ed Book, our director of counseling, to come in because I think he'll be able to help us see how the typical sexual addict has been deceived in both of these areas. Pastor Ed, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here, Nate. Thank you. We're going to discuss these two concealed threats in the life of a professing Christian in sexual sin. But what I want to do first is discuss some of the lies that men believe when they're in sexual sin. A lot of the stuff that culture is telling us through the media, these are really obvious lies. Um, But what I hoped we could get at today was the lies that men are telling themselves that allows them to stay in sexual sin. Well, every sin uh, that a person commits is really founded on a lie. So by the time someone has become addicted to sexual sin, there are quite a few lies at work in their life, honestly. Uh, So many, I can't possibly name them all. And we tend to focus on two or three really big ones that I know we've talked about in other uh, Purity for Life episodes. Things like my sexual sin is just a little problem or I'm really a good person, which means you know I'm actually a good husband, a good father. Father, a good yeah. Christian, yep, yep. good son, all of that. But uh, today I'm trying to focus for you on some of the sorts of things that uh, a person uses to deceive himself, like you okay. said. So, uh, And really there are lies that I would cluster around uh, just giving themselves a false assurance of their salvation or their forgiveness, their standing before the Lord. So, uh, for example, when the Bible says that the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom, um, people say, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm saved. I've I've said the sinner's prayer. I've been baptized. Something that they've hung their salvation on that excuses them from biblical truth. Uh, Other times they'll use deceptive language, uh, saying things like, I'm I'm struggling with sin, Mm -hmm. rather than really calling it what the Bible does, slavery uh, and bondage to the will of the devil. That's a lot stronger and a lot more meaningful. 
And there are a lot of excuses that we uh, hang on to that are really deceptive. Uh, things like uh, looking at pornography doesn't hurt anyone. If my mm-hmm. wife would just give me what I need, I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone sins. Uh, I just happen to have this issue that I'm struggling with, and and God doesn't expect me to be perfect. He understands that I'm trying. Sure. One of the things that I've seen in my own life is that when I'm deceiving myself about an issue, <laughs> deep down I know this isn't working. I'm telling myself these lies and it's supposed to help me, so to speak. But really, I know that I'm just covering something over and it's totally a shabby covering because I'm not free inside. And um, one of the things that Pastor Steve mentioned was that deceiving ourselves can lead us to a place where We're not just deceived, but we're cynical then about truth in general. And I wondered if you could maybe give our listeners a definition of cynicism and then show how that is played out in the life of of someone in sexual sin. Sure. Uh, In fact, it's kind of uh, interesting when you sent me the title for this episode, I had to look up the word cynicism. Just, you know, it's one of those words, you kind of use it at times, but what does it really mean if I'm going to be asked to give a definition? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So so I looked it up and it says, uh, cynical means distrusting or disparaging the motives of others or showing contempt for accepted standards of honesty or morals. Uh, So a synonym would be distrust, for example, but it's distrust arising from the experience of being disappointed or let down by others. So it's distrust that's tinged with bitterness, if you will. Okay. Uh, Other synonyms that uh, you would find listed are pessimism or doubt, but it's doubt arising from the suspicion uh, in a Christian's life, the the suspicion that God's standards are impossible and everyone is really a hypocrite anyway. Right. So it's a doubt that that's tinged with sarcasm or a pessimism that's tinged with contempt, uh, really. And if you look up the opposites, uh, the antonyms, you'll see words like belief, certainty, confidence, faith, trust. So you can see that cynicism is really quite devilish and flies mm-hmm. in the face of everything that God's trying to instill in mm-hmm. his people. Yeah, and and that that kind of goes back to uh, the idea that if we deceive ourselves, we or we're trying to deceive ourselves, we know that something's still not right. But they have to they have to figure something out mm-hmm. to keep up the the charade and the facade. Um, so, how does that cynical mindset keep them from having a real breakthrough? Well, uh, when guys come into the Pure Life program struggling with sexual sin, uh, we find that they're really skeptical uh, about whether there really is freedom from sexual sin. Yeah. They doubt that the Bible is really the inspired word of God. Mm. Even if they say that they believe that, they yeah. don't really respond to it as if they believe that. Uh, they're highly doubtful that the Bible is sufficient to address their problems. Uh, it's going to take much more than just that in their minds. Um, they filter everything through their experience. Uh, uh, things aren't true until I decide it's true. So yeah. you 
yeah. have a lot of barriers there uh, that prevent them from getting the breakthrough. Uh, and you have to work through all of that. I mean, in, in a sense, it's almost like if you're looking at it from just a natural standpoint, this is an impossible situation. But we, yeah, we know that obviously the Lord is able. So what are the things that really help them to find freedom? Yeah, uh, there are several things that we really rely on. One is the Word of God itself. Uh, that's the basis for our biblical counseling, and we give the men uh, in the program a lot of biblical homework, uh, and that's ensuring that they're getting a daily dose of truth. Yeah. So the truth is eventually going to overtake some of this lie, mm. uh, the lies that they've bought into. And uh so when we bring them into the program, uh, you know, we have to pray these men through the cynical barriers that they've erected against God, against his word, against the very sources of help and hope that God's leading them into. Mm -hmm. um, we literally spend hours uh, praying for the men in our program and also teaching them how to pray and mm -hmm. intercede for mm -hmm. others. So it's mm -hmm. not just us praying them through. They're learning to pray and turn to the Lord and intercede for others as well. Uh, I would also cite the atmosphere that we've created on our 45-acre campus here in Kentucky because uh, I think it's a critical, though maybe often overlooked, aspect of overcoming cynicism. Uh, it, it's hard to overcome something like cynicism when you're immersed in the culture and surroundings that give birth to it. Oh, yeah. And uh, then if we do a good job with all of that, uh, the loving discipleship that we offer them, mm -hmm. I think, really allows the love of God to start to become real to them and, um, and all of that works together to play a major role in overcoming their inherent cynicism. That's encouraging to hear, and I would think for a listener, because anyone who is at least sensitive at all to the times that we live in, it's like, how can anything stand up against this flood of deception? But God's truth will prevail if we will embrace that and ask him to help us to embrace that. Yes. And, you know, that's one of the things that I see because we have a nine-month program. There are these different, uh, we call them kairos moments mm. in a man's life that will happen while he's there in the program. And he, he can be stubbornly resistant, just clinging to his lies. Uh, but all of a sudden, somehow, in ways only God understands, he breaks through into that in a ripe moment of time yeah. and and just manifests his truth to them, himself to them, in a way that breaks them and, and defeats that. And the yeah. whole thing, like the walls of Jericho, all those lies come uh, tumbling yeah. down all at once in his life and set him free to embrace the truth. Yeah, amen. And someone who's listening should take courage. And I want that. Yes. I want that. Yes. Do that in me also, Lord. Yes. And he will. And he does. Yeah. Amen. Let's move on to the second concealed threat that Pastor Steve identified in his interview because it was really eye-opening to me. And the example that he gave was, if you take some issue and there's a level of truth in it, but you magnify or overemphasize the importance of that issue to the exclusion of other issues, then you have moved into the realm of deception. You've taken something that is true, but you've created a, a, a deception around it. And I wonder how that 
kind of thing might play out in the life of a person who's being confronted with their sin. Yeah, and in fact, this situation is actually fairly common. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as someone using even aspects of the Word of God, uh, getting immersed in the book of Revelation or the end times or some other pet doctrine and okay. exclusively focusing on that uh, to the point where they're avoiding looking at their own heart issues in Scripture. Uh, or maybe it's a social issue like abortion and being passionate about uh, you know needing to take a stand against abortion and, and talking and preaching and teaching about that sort of thing, but never really coming to grips with their own standing before the Lord in yeah. their uh, sin. Uh, in counseling here at uh, Pure Life, uh, men often try to redirect the counseling into peripheral issues uh, to avoid confronting the reality of who they are, to avoid taking responsibility for the reality of who they are. And these peripheral issues almost always involve either traumatic, painful episodes from their childhood okay. or teenage years. And, and I certainly don't want to minimize the, the trauma or the pain associated mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. those when we talk about them, but uh, they can be a peripheral issue. Uh, or they, they'll go uh, the other direction sometimes uh, and point to a current relationship in which they've been wronged or okay. misjudged or mistreated, disrespected, uh, some, some conflicted relationship that they'll point to maybe with their, with their spouse, their parents, their pastor, uh, someone that they expected help and affirmation from, but they just didn't get what they were looking for out yeah. of that relationship. And whatever these uh, peripheral issues are, they hold a magnified place in the sex addict's life, just okay. like you mentioned. Uh, and that's really happens because he's living by his feelings and these things dominate his feelings. So he isn't necessarily uh, being deliberate in trying to redirect the counseling or deflect the help that's being offered to him. He simply is having a hard time getting past these huge emotional barriers. Okay. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, there is deep inside him somewhere an awareness that if he does acknowledge uh, this, if he does acknowledge the seriousness of his sin, then that illusion of who he is, that presentation that he's made to others of who he is and the man he wants to believe he is, yeah. all of that shatters and crumbles. Yeah, yeah. And there's just a natural tendency then to avoid facing the painful truth of his spiritual condition. So he realizes that he does doesn't just have a behavior problem. He has a character problem. The right. very core of his being is corrupt. And so there's just a lot of fear and despair to deal with. And all of these peripheral issues, uh, you know, sidetrack the counseling if you let them. Hmm. And what a shame. I know the counselors probably feel this more acutely than, than any of us. The 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 sorrow in their hearts that if this man would just acknowledge and embrace it, he would come into the things that he's wanted for himself. You know, all the, I, I'm, I'm, as I study this book of Revelation or as I fight for abortion, I'm looking for meaning, I'm looking for purpose, I'm looking for fulfillment. And if they would just go God's way, they would have what they're looking for. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Even that image that he's propped up, the only thing wrong with it is that it's false. It's the right, right thing, and he can become what he's been projecting himself as, but he's got to start at the beginning with dealing with the corruption deep inside him. Yeah. 
Well, good. Thank you very much for coming in because I think that this will I, I the what we talked about today is in many ways the the essence of the solution which is going to unfold over the next 10 episodes just about how we must be focusing on what God sees as important and not as what we want to believe is important uh, and especially not if it's completely false. Exactly. Yes. And thanks for having me here. Throughout this series, we are going to expose the deceptions of our age. And when we begin to understand just how many deceptions are arrayed against us, many of us are tempted to despair and just give up. So we're going to end today's episode by proclaiming that with God, there is abundant power to bring us out of deception and into the liberty of truth. When Zane came into our nine-month residential program, he too was immersed in falsehood. Just listen as he shares how the Lord made him a new man in Christ and restored a shattered marriage. I came here a sinner, full of himself, an ungodly man addicted to pornography and self-gratification. My hidden immoral lifestyle carried over into my marriage and for seven years I crippled our matrimony with multiple affairs of adultery. I grew up a church boy who could look the part, play the role in and outside the church. Upholding an appearance of godliness was the great deception that I projected. Countless times my wife discovered my sexual sin. My response to her was to her gracious confrontations were dressed up in false apologies and half-truths. After betraying her during our first or second trimester of her pregnancy, my wife had enough call for separation and possibly divorce. A council was formed with our pastors and leaders, and over the next few months, they mediated, asking me to consider a radical change to find freedom. Eventually, by God's grace, I surrendered my yes to him to get the help that I needed. June 18th, 2019, I entered the residential program here. God slowly uncovered many delusions I was under. See, my heart was gripped of the reality that Jesus was not Lord in my life, and I had no room for him in my heart. God revealed my fear of man in contrast to a lack of a fear of God and that my life was one big performance. He helped me to see how wicked a sinner I actually was at the core and uprooted my self-exalting pride that kept me from admitting my wrong and taking ownership of my sin. I came to see Jesus as the merciful savior he is. God made me sensitive to his Holy Spirit's voice and taught me the value of humility of Christ. Jesus was no longer some vast concept of head knowledge, but a person a person I can trust and enter a relationship with. Through open confession and repentance, I can now walk in the light without fear and love his light. Knowing that his acceptance is found in absolute surrender to him, I gradually fell out of love with myself and more in love with Christ alone. I would like to thank Pure Life Ministries for counseling me with love and compassion, for speaking truth without compromise. To my beloved wife, Sharissa, words cannot express the gratitude 
I have for your patience, your long suffering. And lastly, I thank you, my Lord Jesus, for rescuing this Pharisee from the domain of darkness and transferring me into your marvelous light. To God be the glory. This series is based on Pastor Steve's book, Walking in Truth in a World of Lies. We would encourage you to buy this book, prayerfully read it, and allow the Lord to show you what it will take to go victoriously through these dark days. For more information and to purchase the book, go to aworldoflies.com. That's aworldoflies.com. Finally, we want to let you know about another wonderful resource, firstloveradio.org. This internet radio exists to stir hearts afresh in the love of God and encourage Christians to return to their first love. They do this by airing content that exalts Jesus, edifies the saints, and evangelizes the lost. We would encourage you to tune into their online broadcast by going to firstloveradio.org. That's all for this episode of Purity for Life. Thanks for joining us. Tune in next week as we discuss the truth about deception. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org. 